Oh, but I'm up on the, my ass is groovy. Go ahead and get this party started. All right. Uh, welcome to Chopping It Up. I am sitting here with Che from Barbecue Bus. How are you doing today? Hey, what's up, Molly? Can't complain, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. <clears throat> Excellent. Welcome to uh, One Love Massive, uh, the creative factory here. We're sitting in the podcast studio over on T Street. Um, just wanted to uh, invite you in today and talk to you about the barbecue bus. I was at your brand, or your soft opening, I guess, soft opening mm-hmm. uh, a few weeks back uh, with our friend Lloyd, mm-hmm. and I was really, really impressed by the food. Thank you. Um, and of course, I've seen you guys. I've, I've met you several years ago, but uh, the barbecue bus is like one of the first food trucks I really ever remember seeing in D.C. Thanks. Know? Yeah, we were number 33, 34 what? What? back in 2011. Yes, yeah, so we've been open six years. You're like original gangsters. Kind of. I bet you guys set a lot of the uh, precedent and a lot of the, had a lot to do with the legislature and stuff because that was pretty new. Yeah, I was actually just talking about this with Mari at D.C. Brow because, um, um, and Mari and I are both on the board for Think Local First. And so when we, we did the ribbon cutting where Congresswoman Holmes Norton came out, I wanted to make sure Think Local First was represented as well as our local food truck association. So Mari came to recognize, uh, to represent Think Local. Um, and then Christy came to rec- uh, represent the local uh, food truck association. And so, with, you know, D.C. Brow, you know, first got its license in 2009, although it didn't get open and brewing for a little bit. The first food truck, Justin from uh, Fajol Brothers, opened in 2009, and I think both of our industries have done a lot to teach the city. Um, well, some basic things like the joy of going out to a park and standing in line and eating lunch on a sunny day, the joy of going right. to your local brewers um, on yeah. a Saturday for growler hours. Right. Um, but we also, you know, did a lot to teach the city how do you permit us now? These these new, nothing, of course, nothing, they're not new industries, right? Street vending's been around um, before brick and mortars were, right? I have right. a friend who calls it, he says, uh, vending is the world's second oldest profession. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we, we've been around a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's definitely been a, rapidly changing landscape that's for sure uh that's super cool that you're on the board of listen local first i definitely appreciate that you yeah, know no, chris is a good guy yeah i feel like um you know i feel like there's a lot of people working really hard behind the scenes to like help dc businesses and just help you know help us survive out here and they're definitely one of those organizations so i appreciate that no for sure i think um t love has that that talking point that um every dollar you spend with a local business 68 cents comes back to the local community. Right. Um, whereas you go with like a, a larger retailer, big box retailer, um, it's much small. I think it's like 25 cents come back. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, we've got, um, we've got, you know, local employees and we're, we're teaching folks and we're feeding local people um, and we're, we're sharing their, uh, their special occasions with them. Nice. How many people are on your staff? Uh, we are up to a whopping six. Wow, that's that's a that's a lot of work for those six people. Uh, more for it's, it's you. It, it's funny, Tad. You, for a long time, it used to be just Tad and I um, on our truck, and so um, you know, part of how we got started was we wanted to do originally a brick and mortar, very similar to what we just opened up uh, about a month ago. But it was like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. It was the recession. Right. Nobody's lending. Yeah. Right, especially to startups. Frankly, nobody really seems to be lending right now either, right? <laughs> but it's a different story. Uh, so we thought, why don't we do this truck? Um, and one of the reasons we have the modern food truck 
movement, if you will, is because of the recession. Like I firmly believe that it did a couple of things. One is that it created a whole market of aspiring restaurateurs who could no longer get funding. Um, and at the same time, you had a consumer market that was just weary of chains, right? But they still wanted innovative, fresh food at a good price, right? And the two just collided in a perfect moment. Um, and and so when we opened, we both had our day jobs, but we quote-unquote telemarketed, uh, excuse me, quote-unquote teleworked right. on Fridays. And then we would roll out on Friday nights. We went out to Little Miss Whiskey's. Mark was a huge early supporter, and he's a huge supporter of all things local, right? Yeah. Um, and so we would go to Little Miss Whiskey's on Friday nights and then Rocket Bar on Saturday nights. And right. we were friends with Beth, the, the GM there. And we just grinded it on weekends um, until Tad could finally leave you know, his job. And so it's funny. We now have six staff. Um, and you have to, you have all these weird, funny growing pains. Um, you know, when we used to close the register at the end of the day, we just put the twenties in our pockets, right? Right. You, you don't want staff doing that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so right. when we have written down our first like cash handling one pager and how you close the door, right? And things like that. Uh, but it's, it's funny, right? Yeah, imagine that. So it's it's funny, but having six is is funny. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to that. You know, like you, you just want to make barbecue, and then you're like, man, I got to be a boss too. I gotta, totally different jobs. I got to do all that. No, the ir- ironic thing is, you get into this because you love doing something, right? So before we opened up the truck, we were always having people over, right? Every Super Bowl, every special occasion, right? We, we are those people in your family, right? And so it's, um, you know, hey, let's try to make a go of making this, uh, making a living doing this, right? Um, and obviously, we still constantly do that, right? We're constantly, um, like, you know, the, the hospitality and our approach and hosting. And I, I hope, I think everybody who comes, they, they feel welcomed. I hope they do. Um, and then when we, you know, we're very fortunate. Our particular truck, because we opened up on weekends, we had to um, go after catering really hard. So now it's not that unusual for a food truck to also cater, but at that time it was. Um, right. And we did... I mean, and we'll do everything, like, pull the truck up to um, a birthday party to, like, uh, we just did one a couple months ago, and we're doing another one in September. It's a rooftop party, three bars, slider action station, two displays, past apps, like, really elaborate parties. And we developed that because we were only opening on, on weekends. And so, where was I going with this story? Um, so, wait, you're only open on the weekends? No, that was when we first started. Oh, okay. That's gotcha. how it was. That's what it was. Oh, right, right, right. The food truck. Yeah. The food truck. Yeah, and so that's how we started. And then we were finally able to go uh, five days a week or seven days a week. This is, you know, this time of year, that's how much the business goes. Um, but, oh, yeah. So, but it's all about, you know, Tad loves to cook and, and loves, we love feeding people. And right. We love hosting and being hospitable. And so we, we get to do that now more, I think, than, um, than we used to. Well, yeah, because you're not, like, in the truck. It's hard to, like, be, like, really hospitable and welcoming from behind the truck, right? At least in your own brick and mortar. It's a little easier to actually, like, interact with people. Or? Um, no, I think, you know, street vending is a usual animal, and I'm still on the truck. I, I was on the truck today right before I came. Nice. Um, I love it. I, lo- I love street vending. It's, it's hard. It's more of occasion than a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, you have these experiences with people uh, that expose you to things that you wouldn't uh, otherwise. I, like, I know whenever somebody comes to lunch at, like, one thirty, one forty-five before we close, it's like, are you just now getting out for lunch? Right, <laughs> you poor right. thing. You must be starving. And um, there was this one, um, I've told this story once before. Uh, we were used to do Food Truck Fridays in Tacoma Park um, outside this really cool furniture store that's unfortunately now closed. 
And um, we had a woman come up. What was her name? Vivinka. And um, she said, thank you. She said, um, I have, she's told me the story that, you know, I have tumors in my body. So I live with my mother and I told mom, don't cook me dinner um, today because I'm going to see barbecue boss. And it was just the most um, overwhelming sort of like thing. Like this is somebody dealing with something very significant in her life. And somehow like we're a part of her day and like we mean something to her. And then um, she gave me a uh, Mets keychain, which Mm -hmm. I keep in my bag in the wrapper right, as a way to, um, like, thank me. So what we did was I gave her, like, extra biscuits to take home to her mother, right. which was, like, the simplest, nice, like, there's there nothing magical or special about that. And it was right. the end of the night, the biscuits would have got tossed. Right. But she just gets this bag of biscuits, and her eyes lit up, and it was like she got a winning lottery ticket. Right. You know, so I, I, I do love that stuff. And yeah. We've been fortunate. There's a couple philosophies that we have for our business, which we're now writing down on paper for the first time. <laughs> Um, and one of which, um, one of which is something that Tad's grandfather said, and he said it's the regulars that keep you in business. Mm-hmm. As people come to you week after week, and it's completely true with our story. Um, and, you know, there's one family where we catered the baby shower, and now we've done all four of the kids' first birthdays. Right, and it's just it's, it's amazing. Yeah, right. I mean, we are part of their special occasion. Like the family, his family, his parents come down from Jersey for their. Like for the birthday party, and then there's barbecue buses. Right, we're just there. Um, and I, I don't take any of that for granted. It's it's some of the most wonderful stuff about what we do. It's super cool. Yeah. It's super cool. Well, and I bet uh, you know we were talking about the challenges of like starting with what you love to do, right? And then you realize you also have to be like this boss and the accountant and the marketer and all of that. But uh, it seems like things must be going well because you're in a brick and mortar now. Uh, we're we are incredibly fortunate. And, um, you know, and I, I'm in a place right now. I just like, so, I have so much gratitude um, for where we got here because it's, um, yeah, it was it's no mean feat. <laughs> um, but uh, we've been very, very fortunate and, um, and very lucky. Yeah, right on. Um, so the brick and mortar, tell everybody where that is. Uh, we are at 5830 Georgia Avenue Northwest, and we are in the wonderful Brightwood community. Um, and part of the reason we, we chose that spot. So it's it's at the corner of Missouri and Georgia, kind of catty corner from that Walmart up there. Um, and and that we, we just loved. There's a ton of in business rooms residential density, um, or in like nicer terms. I mean, there's just a bunch of people, bunch of people who live there, right? Right. And um, and they've been so excited and, and so supportive to come out and see us. Right. Um, and, and, you know, and they're coming back, too, which right. is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, again, it's it's sort of that regulars. Um, For sure. Philosophy. And, you know, when I talk to friends in um, other cities, um, other food truck friends, they say, wow, you know, you, know, you must get so much uh, traffic and visitors and tourists and things. And um, that's never been our game. I and mean, I'm not knocking right. that. Like, there are people out there who are representing D.C. to the rest of the world every day. And props to them for doing that. Right. But that's never been our thing. Like we, if you, we don't think you're going to come back the next day. Like it's, you know, I'm not that interested in, um, you know, in hosting you. That's just us. That's right. our approach, and we're not knocking the folks who, who do the who do serve, right? You know, right. represent us, represent us the world. But, um, and that's what we love about Brightwood, and that's what we love about that spot. And it's a tiny little spot, um, but we you know, we have a home to run our food truck out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have like this large catering business that I told you, and now we've got this little carryout spot. It's crazy. And you do all the cooking for all of it there? We do. We have two smokers that run 
24 hours a day this time of year in July or August so now. Because I saw your kitchen. It's tiny. It's so tiny. It's yeah. so fascinating to me that you make all of that food from things right in front of my eyes. Well, you it's know? so like, much bigger than the truck. That's what's ironic well, because yeah. getting used to it from. <laughs> sure. So, you know, there's a lot of upsides and downsides to cooking on a food truck, but one of which is everything is in arm's reach. You can Word. stand there, and this is a podcast, you can't see me, but you can reach your hands <laughs> up and down and to the side and get everything you need. And right. here, yeah, you have to get your thing, you have to walk, <laughs> you have to take like five steps to get something else, and then you have to come back. It's, um, it's funny to have that space. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. That's amazing. How many pounds of meat do you cook a day? Gosh, I don't know. We are right now going through at least two dozen racks of ribs um, on a weekday. Two dozen. On a weekday, yeah. That's um, a lot of pigs. It's a lot of piggies. Uh, and then we're doing a lot of... I, so I didn't bring ribs for you today. Speaking of which, but, what, what is this? So I brought you... Uh, that is our sampler. Oh. And so if uh, you've never been before, yep, it's nice because it's a little bit of everything. It's uh, the smoke pulled pork, uh, which we do overnight, uh, the brisket, uh, that's our Inga's sliced brisket, and then our smoked and pulled chicken. And the chicken we actually only smoke for about three to four hours, so it's, uh, it stays uh, super moist, so super good. fresh. So this is the pork right here? That's right. And then we brought you on the side some of our sauces. Uh, we have got uh, we've got like more than thirty sauce recipes, whoa. but we only have maybe four or five out at a time. Um, and that first one there is a, that dark sauce is our smoky sweet sauce number five. Uh, number five. Mm-hmm. One How of many things, sauces do you have? Thirty. There's more than thirty recipes. Um, and we Ooh, that's out. really good. I like that. Thanks. We actually want an honorable mention for that. Our very first year in operation at Barbecue Battle. Is this the thing? That's it. Okay. And then that other sauce there is our sauce number 18. That's a tomato and mustard Memphis-style sauce. Oh. Um, bread, if anyone wants that. Those, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> Irish, so I'm a for anything. Yeah. Bread or potatoes. <laughs> I know you didn't make the bread, but man, that's good sauce. Thanks. I really like that. What is it called? Uh, that's our smoky sweet sauce number smoky five. Smoky sweet sauce number five. We, uh, we started numbering the sauces... They're just the order in which we finalized the recipes, and we always sort of had this thing like, well, we better come up with a clever name for this sauce. And we didn't. We just ran out of time. And then before you know it, people were like, yeah, we'll get five, or um, I want to substitute five for three. Sauce three is our Carolina-style sauce. Um, And we got beans and greens for you there. So those are our barbecue bus beans. That's a great northern bean we start with. Uh, And we're actually very proud of that. And that happens to be a, a vegan dish. Wait, which one? The uh, the beans. What about the greens? Do the greens have meat in them? Uh, oh, yeah, they do. They're they're braised with a little bit of chorizo. Yeah, my um, what what the booking director is a vegetarian, and he was like, "Do you think these greens have meat in them?" I was like, "It's a barbecue <laughs> joint, man. Of course they got meat in it. You know." Right. I'm gonna eat that later. I don't want to eat it on the. I'm disgust everybody. But man, that's good stuff. Thank you. I don't even really eat meat when I eat chicken. I don't really consider that meat. A bunch of vegetarians hate me right now, but I, def- <laughs> I definitely consider it meat. I'm just being sarcastic. But like, it's all right. Chickens don't have feelings. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely haven't seen them hugging people on YouTube or anything. <laughs> I definitely don't have any guilt. Um, seriously, that's why I'm getting so close. I'm like, I can't watch any more animals on YouTube with personalities and feelings like hugging people without feeling like a terrible human being. Like, 
Good God, man. But that is really amazing stuff. I was really impressed when I when I came to the um, soft opening as well. You can tell there's a lot of love in that food. And Thank you. You know, I really respect, you know, what you guys are doing. And, you know, it's you, you and your partner, right? You guys are, are... Me and my husband, we've been together since 2003. And then uh, we got married. I, my background's in politics. Like everybody else in D.C., I guess, right? But I was working the Prop 8 campaign in California. Okay. And I'd been gone for three months. And then he came out the last two weeks to volunteer and phone bank and things like that. And we got married four days before election. We got married on Halloween. Oh, wow. At 8.30 in the morning at the Chula Vista Clerk County <laughs> nice. Clerk's office. Because by that point, it was an interesting time, but um, all the appointments to get married were getting booked up. Right, right. You're like, 8.30 it is. 8.30. And then we got married, and then we went back. We had breakfast, and then we went back to the campaign office by, like, 11. <laughs> I stayed late that night and did data entry. It, it's uh, <laughs> terribly romantic in its own way. <laughs> it sounds like it. But, I mean, what a testament to your love that you can, you know, find each other and get married, which is a wonderful thing. And then to, uh, you know, work together on a food truck all sweaty <laughs> and bumping into each other and annoyed as hell with one another, I'm sure, many a times just based on the... I mean, it's hard. You know, it's hard work. You gotta, you gotta get in a zone. You know, things go wrong. You know, it's hot on those trucks. You know, I mean, that's definitely labor, and you're in a small space. I think that says, you know, speaks volumes about who you both are as people. That you know, that it didn't destroy your marriage. You know, no, no. I think if there's sort of two ways to look at it. I mean, well, I, I would. I don't know if Tab would agree with this. It is definitely <laughs> easier to be married than to run a business with your spouse. Right. right. <laughs> that is that has been my personal experience. But the other thing too is and you gotta know this, like when you open your own business, like there's so many amazing things, right? Like uh, and all these amazing sort of milestones and moments. Um like when we were opening the shop, um we were we we have this beautiful fifteen foot long lunch counter. And this was the one thing we spent um money on to to do. And it's this beautiful maple ambrosia that um, the story is these um, bugs actually kind of gnaw their way through the wood. And, like, their waste trail makes these beautiful, like, squigglies mm. in it, right? So we went to this barn, and we found the woodworker, and we're, he's just got all these amazing planks of wood. And you're just in there, like, touching wood. And I'm, like, we have a little bit of a hippie in me. I'm just like, what am I, what am I connecting with? Right, and, like, right. what's this story? How long has this tree been on there? Um, and you just don't, there's no one else I'd rather share that with. Yeah. Right. And my spouse or like the, the first, um, that customer we had on H street, we keep in touch. He's now moved to Boston, but Xavier, it was such a trip because we had always just given this stuff away. We just, you would just, people came over and we fed them and here somebody's now giving us money for it. Right. It was, it was uncomfortable for me. <laughs> and then, but then more people keep doing it and you're like, oh my God, is this happening? Is this, you know, and, and so to share it with, with him, it's, there's, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't want to share it with anybody else, but I, 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 I want to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, w- I, w- I would not want to have no one to share it with. Well, that's nice to hear you say, because, you know, I feel like we we grow up and we get told like all these list of rules or things, you know, that you should and shouldn't do. Like never quit a job unless you have another one lined up, which I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm literally, I literally made a shirt that says quit your fucking job on the back. Like I went to the mall to the kiosk and I was like, hey, would you put these words on a shirt for me? Are you going to get in trouble with your boss? And she was like, no. And I hate my fucking job. I'll totally make right. that. And I wear it around, and people, I literally convince people to quit their job because if you don't like your job and you're not happy and it's, like, destroying your life, 
then like just quit your job, man, and work it out, right? Yeah, no, it's not worth it. None of us make enough money to be unhappy. No, um, but it's exactly. it's it's also I don't know maybe it's an also it's a very old fashioned way, right? Because now right. people would say like you need to open yourself up to the universe, right? You, right. You need to open yourself up to opportunity. Um, I had a buddy, and he is so loyal, and he, he hated this job. He hated it, but he was completely like, I made this commitment. I'm going to be there for 12 <laughs> months, whatever. And I'm like, like, no, dude, like this is whatever. So he just quit, and then like the next day, the, this amazing GM opportunity for one of the small <laughs> of groups course. opened up, and, and it's just, you know? There you go. Um, And that's, I mean, that's a good end to the story, but just the economy and stuff is so different, right? I mean, like, the thing was like our parents had one job and then when we were going to school they said well you guys are gonna have like two to three careers i think it's exponentially much like more 15 if you don't have 15 yeah. careers you're doing it wrong you know um, and now it's like the gig economy you know what i mean like totally. you know you want to take the truck out let's take the truck out you want to go drive a lift let's go you know right. and it, that's just sort of the reality of of our lives today it'd probably be exponentially more so for our children for sure but I think it's really cool that you guys have beat the odds in that sense, you know, with working with your spouse and running a business with your spouse and not only are you doing well, but your business is growing. And um, I think that's that's really awesome. I think it's really um, nice to hear those kind of things. You know, I think quite often you don't know who's, I mean, when you're in industry, you know who the people behind things. But when you're just a customer, if you're not in the industry, mm-hmm. you, you don't always know, like, who the people are behind the products that you love, especially locally, you know? Uh, and I think it's really nice to know that you're, like, real people, you know, and you're both such pleasant, nice people. Well, thanks. Uh, I think it's it's really awesome. It's a nice um, it's a nice view on D.C., you know, business ownership and, and who's out here, you know? Yeah, no, I, um, I do, I, we definitely love the shit out of each other, you know? I mean, Tad, Tad's my drug. I can't quit him. Oh, that's, yeah, no. that's adorable and dysfunctional all at the same time. <laughs> exactly. It's great though. That's awesome. So, you got anything uh, exciting coming up with uh, any any big plans for for barbecue bus, or are you just trying to stay in the course and, and cranking it out? So we just entered um, our fourth week, um, and so um, you know, out, you know, now we we're figuring things out. Like I said, we we have um, and we're continually. You know, Ted and I think are both pretty open, and like we are not afraid to just try something and make a mistake. You know what I mean? Like, we that's just to. like one day I, on the shop, we're like, well, let's, you know, try to make you ever go to Latiri's? Yes. Love Latiri's. Love Latiri's. So we thought one day, why don't we try to make that sandwich order form that we, that they use? Right. Right. Um, and we tried it. And after 30 minutes, nope, this doesn't work. Throw it away. Let's try something <laughs> different. Right? right. And so we've done a lot of that. Um, and it's fun. Right? I mean, so we've had a lot of that sort of approach. And I, I believe, you know, you come to work every day with an open heart as well as an open mind. Um, and we like love the people we work with. And we always um, want to hear their ideas and, and collaborate because they're in the space 40 hours a week, too. Right. right. So um, let's let's all, you know, create this together uh, with our our vision. Um, so now we're beginning to figure all that stuff out. I mean, we must have changed the way the line works at least six times in the past four weeks. But that's uh, so great. That's that's a good sign of a good businessman. I think people get so stuck on, like, the, they attach their ego to the idea or the concept. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to remain fluid, you know? Like, you, you hang on to the core. The core is the food. But Yeah, no, on the truck, we went through a really similar experience. At one point on the truck, we tried. I was outside the truck taking the orders on an iPad. 
walking up the line. Right. Um, just to try it. And, and we were trying to, I think, make things faster. Um, and it was fun. We can still jump out and do that from time to time. But Right. Uh, so now we're, we're beginning to figure this stuff out. So now we can really have some fun. So we'll be doing uh, chicken pot pie Fridays uh, in the fall. Gotcha. So uh, Tad's grandfather had a restaurant, right? This is where Tad grew up. Okay. And uh, he had chicken pot fry, chicken pot pie Fridays at this restaurant called Carl's in Tampa, Tampa, Florida. And it's a different kind of chicken pot pie. It's actually um, with brown butter mashed potatoes, this incredible gravy, and then it's topped with a buttermilk biscuit crust. Oh my god! And that was something that we've always wanted to do. I don't think I think it was a little bit difficult and challenging to do it off of the truck. So for sure, uh, we're looking forward to to bringing that. That will probably be our, our. And then Tad's got some new sandwiches and stuff that we've been R and Ding, which is fun. Um, and a lot of eating, uh, but that's the first thing that we're doing that I'm looking forward to. Do you have delivery service? Do you use caviar or any of those kind of people? Yeah, we're on uh, Grubhub now. I believe today is our first day in Uber Eats. Nice. And then, um, and then after that, will be caviar. We're just onboarding one at a time. You know, it's interesting. They talk about food trucks being this disintermediary, mm-hmm. this you know, interrupted industry dis- disruptor four or five years ago, and the delivery services certainly are right today. You know, I think they've, um, sure. you know, I think they're changing people's. They for the restaurant tour, it's you know, there's so much emphasis on their dining room and things like this, and I think the delivery services are really getting folks to think something a little bit different about their dining experience. Right. But also for us, it allows us to sort of compete, right? One of my first jobs, when I was 16, I delivered pizzas for the four ninety nine pizza company. So every pizza was $4.99, which with tax came out to $5.24, and most of my tips were like $0.76. Cents, right? right. Somebody right. gave you like $5 and said, see ya. So I delivered pizzas for the $4, the four ninety nine pizza company. But they basically paid me to sit around, smoke cigarettes, and do my math, right. um, homework, right? Um, and so these delivery services, they take um, they take a fee, and you have to understand how to price your food accordingly. But they, um, they, have, they allow us to get into that game, which is uh, very fortunate. And yeah. then we've got, like I said, we've got our large deliveries and our big catering um, and all that. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely got to do uh, – I always have food for the staff lunches, so we'll have to – Cater, get that catered from you guys one of these. Uh, no, just text me if you need something. Once a week, yeah, or once a month, we'll, we'll come to you guys. I like supporting all the people, you know, out here doing things, especially now. You know, One Love's been around for 15 years is when I started the company 16 wow, years 15 ago. years? I know, it's crazy. Super crazy. I mean, it just started me doing, like, reggae shows. I met right. um, a bunch of Rastas at State of the Union on 14th and U mm-hmm. in, like, early 2000s. Uh, and I met soldiers of Ja Army there, Soja, mm-hmm. and um, dating this dude from Trinidad. And he was like, you should throw shows, you know, and that's how yeah. I started. So it was very, like, you know, little parties here and there. And then I did some stuff in Cali, but it wasn't until, like, six years ago, I think, is when I really, um, I'd had my second uh, cervical fusion in less than, you know, in two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of coming out of being in this haze and I just wanted to be a part of the solution and not a part yeah. of the problem and actually turn one love into like a real you know thing mm-hmm. um but it was out of my house for a long time you know what I mean until uh until I got this building and I you know in typical fashion I I just like jumped in like I wasn't looking for a building I hadn't budgeted for a building mm-hmm. uh, but I got here and I saw the view of the Howard Theater and mm-hmm. I got goosebumps and I just knew we were supposed to make history in this building and yeah 
I got tunnel vision on it and I set out to get it and I got it and now, you know, we built all this and just trying to f- kind of figure it all out, you know what I mean? It's uh it's always a constant, you know, work of art and, you know, the market changed so much in DC. I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen it. It's just it's not the same city it was 6 months ago, a year ago. No, you're right. No. There's no way like if you're not adapting constantly, you can't survive in this city, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, like for real. Um, so you know, it's it's always uh, it's always interesting. But I definitely, you know, now that I'm in this building, having to get a certificate of occupancy mm-hmm. and like you know, just all the like super official, legit business stuff that I never had to do before. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy having the brick and mortar, and I really enjoy having business neighbors. Well, you've got. My food truck brothers read a logo down the yeah, street. Yeah, love Louis and Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, big so fans good. of those guys. I can't wait for the uh, for uh, El Hecho to open up. That's not open yet. No, not yet. Uh, you know, it looks almost done. It is done, but you know, DCRA likes uh, to uh, suffocate uh, anybody oh, trying to do anything good for this town. So, um, in my dreams, I hope that one day all the people retire from DCRA and try to open up a restaurant and then have to wait <laughs> a year. <laughs> And they'll be like, oh, my God, this is what I thought. <laughs> but um, that's my nice version. But, uh, but no, I really enjoy it. Like the Howard Theater, you know, oh, Calabash, Tea and Tonic, right mm-hmm. proper. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we support every business. Capo, they just owned up, opened up a deli on uh, Florida Avenue. Oh, yeah? Which I love because, like, you just can't get a fucking sandwich in this town. Mm-hmm. You know how hard it is just to get a sandwich? I mean, yeah. Latiri's is, like, home of the sandwich, but... It's crazy how hard it is. Yeah, no, and and you, and I'm just I'm not in that neighborhood a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I, haven't, I mean, I make a trip to Latiri's. So I don't find myself. Yeah, yeah, it's not super convenient. So yeah, right on uh, 815 Florida Avenue, Capos, and it's crazy because you go behind their counter to, into like what looks like a walk-in, and it opens up to this like super swanky hidden nightclub. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty like, all right. Uh, it's, I think it's a little too fancy for me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I would pass the dress code. They'd be like, lady, get out of here. Um, but, uh, or they'd but, be safe, put the delivery down there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, for real. I think my cargo shorts might, might, might give me away. But uh, but um, but they're like a super legit Italian deli. Like, they got cannoli mm. and gelato oh, and, like, pasta salads mm-hmm. and, like, you know, prosciutto and uh, just some basic, you know, chips. You know, so I really, I, I like that. I like, I like supporting local businesses. I really do. I enjoy, you know, being a repeat customer, being a regular. You know, I was thinking about how much money I've probably spent at Calabash Tea and Tonic on mm-hmm. me and the staff in the last year. And, yeah, I mean, it has to affect her bottom line. You know what I mean? Just because, you know, every new neighbor really helps. You know what I mean? That repeat business really mm-hmm. helps. And the, it's super valuable. And I appreciate those friendships. I appreciate. Yep. Those relationships, and because um, I think that if you want to start a business in D.C., or really anywhere, but I feel like it's coming from a good place, you know? No, absolutely, and um, yeah, and I think people, the market, and we're included in that, I mean, we want to meet the people who touch our food, who are making our drinks. Totally. You know, um, it's, we get a lot out of that, right? right. I mean, that's, that's what, right. I mean, I go to my farmer's market just to see the same people week after week. Totally. Um, and... You want to talk about a tough game. I mean, those guys get up like at 2 in the morning, <laughs> pack their stuff up, yeah. drive over, right, unpack it, set up their stand, right, and then go for it for a few hours, pack it all back up, drive back. It's 
Um, but the farmers market, especially in this town, like the outdoor markets, the eastern market. I mean, they're they're among like the first people to sort of get the market and, and the city, and they're like, yeah, let's activate public space, right? Yeah, and, like let's shout out to them. Yeah, for sure. It's like yeah, let's close down this street on Sunday for a few hours and let people come out, right? Um, and and meet the people who grow their food, right? So let me ask you: when you're not working, mm-hmm. which sounds like there's not a whole lot of mm-hmm. that going around. But when you're not working, what what do you like to do for fun? What's what's your favorite thing to do? Um, I would go to a Nats game. Nats game, nice. For, if I had yeah, like a night off or something, I would. Um, but yeah, it's rare right now. It's rare. Um, and then what else? Um, and then when Tad and I, we do try to, you know, what he likes to do, which is, <laughs> he'll call me on Monday like eleven o'clock, and he says, you know, I think you know so and so's gonna close the shop or whatever. What if you and I go play hooky? And let's go to the movies. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, so we do that. Yeah, we do it, and that's um, yeah. So it's um, those are those are important things to do for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, no, it's just so funny. Like we're gonna play hooky. <laughs> we're gonna go to the movies. And then, like we're gonna buy candy and eat popcorn. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. You ever go out to the uh, the Alamo Theater in Ashburn? No, it's cool. So they've got uh, they're opening one here. I think um, on Rhode Island across from Home Depot. Oh. Um, and it's going to be a couple years. And so it's the kind of movie theater you sit and there's the tables in front of you and they bring you the food. Um, amazing tap list, like 18, 19 taps. The one in Ashburn's all Virginia Brewers, maybe like one or That's two. That's so dope. That makes me kind of want to go to Virginia. No, we'll literally make a trip just, I mean, it's a trip. Yeah, right? It's 45 Ashburn minutes. Thing, yeah. um, and then the whole first 30 minutes, they put together these special like featurettes that tie into the movie. So we're super dorks for all the superhero uh. movies. So we'll go out there, and then the whole 30 minutes they'll have, like, clips of, um, like, um, the Superman TV show from India, which is all, like, Bollywood, and they're dancing. Right. And things, and they'll have, like, all these old commercials uh, from the toys, like, from the 70s and 80s when you were kids. So they put together, like, I suppose, like, just watching commercials the whole time. Right, right, right. It's more interesting, interactive. It it gets you kind of set up for the show. Have some drinks. Yeah, laugh, have a couple right. beers, have some food. Uh, I like the idea of being able to drink while you. Oh, it's um, yeah. I'm surprised there's not. I'm surprised there's not something like that here already. Me too, because I mean, Arlington has Arlington Cinema right. Draft House. That place is cool. Although the last time I went, you could still smoke cigarettes in there, and it was like <laughs> I felt like I was in an AA meeting all over again. I was like, my name is Molly, and I'm a. Oh wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Wrong room. My yeah. bad. No, that place is funny. Yeah, that is funny. Uh, and they have the office chairs. Yeah, totally. I was like, this is nearly as cool as I thought it was going to be. I was definitely a little like, I was like, oh. And uh, and so I got to ask, so so 2017 for me is the year of self-care. Okay. I went to the doctor for the first time in like seven or eight years. Okay, how'd that go? I'm not dying of anything. Ironically, well, you know, because I always joke that like my, my friends will have like, Blood pressure issues or cholesterol, and I'm like, I'm good. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, you haven't been to the doctor. Right. You're probably like Smithers, like dying of everything <laughs> all at once. Like every disease is working perfectly in conjunct. Like, and I went, and like there was nothing wrong with me. And then it kind of just reaffirmed my my assholeness. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, this isn't. I really should have been told, like, bitch, why haven't you been to the doctor? Like, but no, I was good. Blood pressure, everything was That's good. Great. Yeah. So, um, and it was a very positive experience, but. Just I feel like in general, you know, we've watched a lot of our superheroes, like real-time superheroes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've buried a lot of people mm-hmm. over the last couple of years to, like, you know, I mean, Prince and so many people mm-hmm. that were 
taking medications or just, I feel like a lot of people are really struggling, you know? Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you do to manage like stress? Like, you know, to, how do you manage your self care in, in this, especially in the belly of the beast here, you know, Washington, DC, how do you manage all that? Stuff? Uh, so I go to Bikram yoga, Allen right. Ivy city. On oh, okay. Oki. Yeah. I love, I love that studio. Bikram is kind of one of those things you either love or hate it or you love or hate the studio. Is that the hot stuff? Yep. Uh, 90 minutes. Lots of farting. Uh, no. <laughs> Not at least the classes I've been to. So I, I do get in there like at least three times a week. And then this time of year, um, you know, you can ride the bike share right. around. Um, so that's what I take home from work nice. at the end of the night. Um, so I think it's probably, uh, there's that. Where do you live? Uh, DuPont. Oh, okay. Yeah, we live on the same street. We've all we've moved across the street since. So yeah, we live on the same street when we first got here in 2006. Oh, wow. well, we that's pretty cool. Amazing neighbors, yeah. Yeah. I lived on Orleans Place across the street from Gallaudet, mm-hmm. which was like the original hood back in the day. I mean, it was uh, Rafael Evans' uh, block, and there was three oh. stash houses on that block. <laughs> and then, like, uh, it was like the largest number of murders happened on that one block in the mm-hmm. 80s. But it had drastically changed. Um, but it was a really cool combination of, like, half the block was Gallaudet kids, and the other half, like, wasn't. And then Geech, you know, who's he's still, like, the only, like, remaining black family on the whole block which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. now um but he's been there for 40 years and mm-hmm. he knew rayful and tell me all these stories and oh, stuff really? um but i lived there for seven years and i loved that block i knew all of my neighbors mm-hmm. you know what i mean if i went out of town they'd check my mail for me you know like yeah i really enjoyed being on that block and the geech would uh he would always play motown and old aretha franklin he would he would uh post open the trunk of his firebird with a with a four by four, and uh, plop it open and, and play Motown. Really, and it was like I, you know, I did like DC for me. I would open the windows and sit inside, mm-hmm. drink whiskey, and listen to my neighborhood, and just feel really grateful to be a part of of that. Yeah, of DC. You know, that was two thousand seven, two thousand. Mm. So where do you live now? Trinidad. Okay. So I'm still in Trinidad. Just I'm over. I'm like across the street from Jimmy Valentine's. Okay. Uh, right behind the Seven Eleven on yeah. Bladensburg. Which is like you know of all the places in the city, it would have been my last choice. Like I've always like drove by that there is awesome. and been like, man, I wouldn't want to live back there. And then I <laughs> move back there, and I love it. I've been there for about four years now, and same thing. I know all of my neighbors. Because mm-hmm. um, those are like sizable lots, right? They have yards. They're super nice. I have a huge backyard. Yeah, huge backyard. I have a fire pit and a grill. I mean, nice. it's really great. And like. You know, my neighborhood's a little rough around the edges, but it always smells like weed, mm-hmm. and I love that. Mm-hmm. So, because you know, I'm like, well, it's not me this time. <laughs> I just got home. It can't be me, and it already smells like that. And um, and my neighbors, you know, they're a little rough around the edges, but they're super nice people. Like when my dog randomly like wandered off recently, and my neighbor like jumped in her minivan and was like call, run, driving around calling her name, and that was like really touching to me. That mm. People care that much. You in find the your neighborhood. dog? Yeah, yeah. Thank God. She's super old. She's 14, and she just... What kind of dog? Um, She's a rat terrier. Aww. Yeah, she's the best thing in the world. She's, like, the best companion, best little dog. Mm-hmm. But she's definitely getting old and getting... She just, like, randomly wanders every once in a while. Aww. I know. It worries me, man. It worries me. You I bring her far, here though. sometimes, but... Well, she'd, she'd be surprised. Really? Yeah. But, um... But yeah, so well, Bikram yoga—that's the move. Do you do any meditation? I've been trying to meditate lately. I've been—I go through phases where I'm better at than other times. It's, but yeah, it's hard. I'm trying to change my morning routine. Mm-hmm. What's your morning routine now? Uh, wake up, get on Facebook, and fucking yell at people. <laughs> that's awful. Dude, 
you can't wake. I don't look at my phone other than what time it is, but like I don't get on my phone and start emailing or anything like that for at least an hour or two. Yeah, no, that's what I'm trying to do. It's just such a habit to wake up and look at what time it is and then just like Like, jump right into the email, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook loop. And there's nothing any, you know, there's nothing good in there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to change my morning routine to like meditation and then bike ride. Yeah. Then office. Then. Digital communication. Um, yeah, I've got, when I get sick, I don't go to doctors a lot, but when I do have something, I go see my, um, you know, an acupuncturist. Big fan. Dr. Kelly. Uh, on He's on L Street now, and I've been seeing him, like, for seven, eight years. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Needed, yeah. Well, that's testament. If you do what you love, you won't get as sick. I don't know if that's true. It's <laughs> <laughs> not medical. Thank you, Dr. Molly. Fact, yeah. You know, for a long time on my Facebook profile, it said uh, Molly Ruland, MD. And one of my friends who knows me pretty well one time asked me a doctor question, and I was like, I am not a doctor. <laughs> She's like, it says it on your Facebook. I'm like, we know each other. Like, how could you possibly think I'm a doctor? That's crazy. But no, I am not a doctor. But self-care, 2017, all, right, all about it. That's good. Uh, self-care and barbecue bus, mm-hmm. man. I can't wait to eat this food when the microphones aren't on. Super tasty. So, um, so yeah, so tell us again the address of the the brick and mortar. It's uh, 5830 Georgia Avenue Northwest. Um, website's bbqbusdc.com. The Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook, it's all uh, at bbqbusdc. Right on. That sounds great. And, um, yeah, if you guys are wondering, where is that? It's at the top of the hill on Georgia, uh, right by the wag time. Right yeah. where it connects with Minnesota Ave. You've sat at that intersection before. <laughs> and now when you're at that intersection, you're looking square into the belly of the barbecue bus. Brick and mortar. And it's a great place to go. So go check it out. Show some love. And uh, thanks for coming by today. Thanks for bringing food for me and the staff. I know we're all going to thoroughly enjoy it. So. Oh, good. No, it was super fun. Thanks for being like Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <Work>. <laughs> Chopping it up.